Wakecast 3, Wakecast 3, Wakecast 3, Wakecast 3. You're recording? Does it confirm? Can you confirm by looking at our screen that we are also recording? This is why I have the screen share. Doing it right, Sky? It looks like it's recording. All right. It's Wakecast 3. Here we go. Wakecast 3. It's Wake. Wakecast 3. Wakecast 3. Wakecast 3. Wakecast 3. And then. So we're going to start this episode with a technique of the week. I think I think it's going to occupy the entire episode. And so the technique of this week is technique. Technique. What? Dun, dun, dun. I never saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> we can just talk about that. <laughs> Sky surprise. Technique, technique. Technique, technique. Technique, technique. So what... So the idea of the technique is a technique. And so where do we start there for someone just entering where are your keys or just the idea of techniques? Well, I think that the, the, the biggest thing to think about is that there is method. Method exists for learning and teaching language. There, there is a thing. There are tricks. People who teach especially people who teach language, know that there are tricks and people use these tricks to learn and teach languages faster. And so we've called these tricks uh, techniques, method, uh, a way to think about the situation you're in and is there a solution to this situation. So we came up with the idea of techniques as some kind of fix for a problem. And the idea that there's a fix is, I, I don't know, that's, that's possibly, the, the, for me, the biggest revolutionary idea of learning and teaching language is that you don't have to guess and you don't have to fumble through this. There, there is a method to the madness. And when you start using method, then the madness decreases. The, the, the chaos decreases and you can move more language more quickly. Yeah, I think there's, um, I was thinking about this actually during our last uh, episode, that um, I think people who don't spend all of their time thinking about language like we do (laughs) might have sort of, there are these myths out there that exist about sort of, I think, language learning. I think there are myths out there that exist about learning and teaching in general that like, oh, this person is just like, just happens to be good at languages, or this person just happens to be good at math i mean i don't know anything about math but for well, language this person is like oh what a gifted teacher right yeah they're just, they're just a natural yeah gifted mm-hmm. and i think that the the idea of technique is that maybe the people who are skilled at teaching languages or learning languages they're doing all of these little tricks and they may be doing it without even really thinking about it or just subconsciously, like, oh, I did that thing before, let me try to do it again and see if it works. And so the idea of technique technique is just how can we capture those things that are working, that are helping us learn a little bit faster and a little bit more easily um, and making them into just reminders for ourselves to remember to do those things all of the time. If you can kind of distill what, what that person is doing which we think you can, um, those are techniques that are going to help everybody. Yeah, I mean, like you've, I mean, often described them as just tricks. Mm-hmm. These are some tricks you can learn and mm-hmm. use. Tool bag of tricks. Yeah. yeah. 
superhero powers. Superhero powers. They've been oh, called. yeah. Yeah. Learning mm-hmm. accelerators. Uh-huh. I think that was Will Monroe and Julia Fine that, that came up with the uh, superhero powers yes. to try to teach techniques to middle school kids mm-hmm. um, because they kind mm-hmm. of are a superhero power. If you can wield the right fix to the problem and the problem magically disappears, like that's kind of a superhero power. Mm-hmm. It is a superhero power. Um, but I guess I think that runs the risk of running into the same area of like, this guy's like so good at math and language and oh my God, I can't Mm. do that. I mean, it's just like looking backward, like what are the first, well, I remember like when I first started learning with you, you know, you, you taught me three techniques and that's what we started with was these three techniques. I can't remember what the the three were. I think it was technique copycats, limits and obvious things. And I, re- and I refused to do obviously the way that you did it. <laughs> I was like, come on, Sky. <laughs> you're 12 years old. <laughs> and you've got lots of attitude. Yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> I think like my, my hands just like were a little, little up to my shoulders or something. The obviously. But I mean, like that stuck with me, especially as I was getting into teaching or getting into practicing how to teach of like, what are these first three techniques that I want to give someone to wield and that they could easily figure out how to wield where and when, whether it's a technique that they're throwing at me or I'm throwing at them. Now, when you teach somebody, what are the first couple of techniques that you use, Guy? Like if you had to teach like somebody, boom, here you go. Uh, It's... Um, pretty much the same except um, so it's like copycat limits and mumble mm. yeah yeah yeah. mumble's a really for me it's like it's it's mumble is the permission to make mistakes you're gonna make mistakes please mm-hmm. make mistakes if you don't practice making mistakes we're not gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. so you have to be comfortable mm-hmm. with making mistakes and I can't help you unless I hear what you're saying mm-hmm. so <laughs> and so that mumble is just that permission to fail and fail quickly and we're all going to be here for each other. Mm-hmm. What, what were, if you had to, like right now, Susanna, you have to teach somebody, what are the first three, maybe four techniques? Well, I, I will share that the first two techniques that I actually learned were not from any of you guys, but when I went to my first Latin immersion, um, the Boston Conventiculum, um, the late, great David Morgan yeah. was there and had just come from Rusticatio. And I was so nervous because it was my very first immersion Latin week. And he is like, I didn't realize that I was like for my very first session sitting in a room with like one of the greatest Latin speakers in the world. Phenomenal. And the very first things he taught us were slow and again. Oh no, it was slow, slow down and speak up because I don't know if you remember he has like a very 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 quiet yeah, voice and I think in the very first like two minutes I threw both of those techniques at him and it like I was like okay it's gonna be okay I can ask him to do things louder and I can ask him to go fast to go slower because he was really fast like he's, yeah, really he's spa- very fast, fast really very, very quiet quiet <laughs> Latin speaker so those those were the first two that really Uh, like a huge difference to me Um, but I agree with you guys I think mumble is really really important Um, and I think uh, uh, copycat mumble what would I do as my third sometimes I do how fascinating early Um, I think it depends Mm -hmm. on the group 
and how nervous people are being in a language learning experience. Um, yeah, it's another one I like to do early. I think that's kind of amazing that, that, that David Morgan gave you those two techniques because yes. I think I must have just met him like a couple weeks before. Yeah. Um, that was probably the first time that I had been to a Latin uh, immersion camp. And so I was showing everybody the techniques of, of where your keys in that Latin immersion camp. And David was, was there. 2012. That might have been the next but year. It might then. have happened. Yeah. So anyway, for him to go to another Latin immersion camp and then those two techniques, if he taught, this, here's the brilliance of David Morgan, is that if he taught you those two techniques, mm -hmm. he taught you those techniques because he knew that he talked insanely fast yeah. <laughs> and incredibly quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like, here's what you do mm -hmm. when I do the thing that I know I do. Mm -hmm. Here's the fix for me. Mm hmm that yeah you can be like a handicap in some ways yeah or just like leveling the playing absolutely. field absolutely what an amazing thing for him to like i didn't i didn't realize that 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 he had done that and that those were the two techniques that, that he gave people yeah and it was it like i mean it really i felt i went from feeling totally powerless to like okay i have like the tiniest bit of control in this situation and it made all the difference in the world so those two techniques are close to my heart but they're very like David specific like they're not um I don't know if those are I mean maybe though like a, a lot of those like again or slow down are, are another two that I teach early but maybe not the first three and I think it's worth worth mentioning that that the idea of uh, to kind of peel back around the idea of technique technique is that you have technique slow down technique uh, speak up technique copycat but then you also have this the idea of technique technique that there is technique and that we can make tricks like we are the craftsmen of our own tools mm -hmm. and I think that is a really distinguishing idea of how techniques get made and who they get made for and and why they get made you, you make a technique because you have an issue and people think of a way to solve that issue once we solve that issue we call it a technique and now we don't have to build the tool anymore we've got the tool we carry it around and we come across a new problem build a new tool it's almost uh, this, we, we've made this uh, metaphor before that we not only are we users of the tools that are in our tool bags but we are also craftsmen of tools and I think if if that is a thing that we can show people how to do that will absolutely change the landscape of um, students and teachers, uh, I think, worldwide. Mm -hmm. So many techniques, though. There's 230,000 of them. <laughs> That's an accurate number. Approximately. <laughs> Wait, so what's, what's the last count? It was like 250, somewhere around there? I think there? it was 400, wasn't it? What? Look. Yeah, on. we did a count. Oh, my God. It's my... too many. Is this the right one? I know. <laughs> we did a count. Well, they just keep getting they keep getting made, which is I mean, great. Right. Yeah, too. I think one of the one well, of the hard right. parts is trying to keep up with people making techniques and having people uh, help us remember all the techniques and then tell us when they've made a technique, mm -hmm. so that everybody isn't solving the same problem. Um, with a with the same solution, but then calling it something different. Um, well, I guess like where does that list live? Because um, I'm looking at the website right now um, with with all the gifts and the um, I think it, like a short list of of techniques. I think there's about a hundred on the website right now, mm -hmm. and we have a list um, 
that we share internally that has kind of all of the the techniques that exist. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think like I mean, it's it can be an overwhelming number, but it really isn't because like you tend to remember the ones that really stick out to you, or the ones that you know you need to use in the situation that you're in, or the community that you're in, or working with the student that you're working with, or the speaker that you're working with. I mean, like, the ones that I remember, I remember, like, when Evan and I were walking around Portland, you know, like, two words, same sentence, um, pull me through it, uh, UN, UN interpreter, um, what's, what, how was the other one? Well, you stole everything from me. <laughs> uh, needs gap. Needs gap. <laughs> oh, right. That's that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, those are the ones that I constantly go back to or frame... Um, even just the experiences that I have working with new students around where, I mean, in some ways I'm projecting my own learning quirks onto my students, but at the same time too, it's giving me a bridge into that teaching process just to get started. And then through that conversation or just through the exchanges, I find, you know, other techniques that like, oh yeah, this one would be really good for this situation or for this student's personality or for this little bit of language. Oh, and I think that that, that that is the key, that now you're thinking in tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're thinking in technique. You're not thinking about like the language and, and what your lesson is going to be. You're thinking about what technique should I use to solve this problem. And I think if, if you as the teacher are thinking about that constantly, and if you have a group of students who are also thinking about that constantly, then you can almost throw any piece of language in the middle of that, and it's going to get absorbed. Mm-hmm. because people are thinking about how to transfer it. Yeah. I think, too, the techniques list, like, it's long, but um, to think about kind of the techniques like you think about language, like, you don't have to, you, not only do you not have to learn them all at once, but you can't learn them all at mm-hmm. once. You're only going to learn them when they kind of show up in a particular situation. Um and so that's the other kind of thing that is great about them is that if I know a technique that, or if I've seen something that's worked before, then I can share it with you guys. And then you can show me something that's, that you've seen that's worked. And so I don't have all the tech, none of us has all the techniques, but mm-hmm. we can share them with each other just like language. So there's, I, I think there's a, like how do techniques, I, I, th- I think, one of the things about the the full list of techniques is that they all have these quirky names. Mm-hmm. There, it's a you know three hundred and I think that that list says three hundred and eighty six, uh, and there's a couple of them that we don't really have good names for yet, or that we don't have a hand sign for them. You know, there's a couple of those in there, but I think that the interesting thing is that all of these tricks have very memorable names and funny names, and what we're trying to do is make these these tricks, these techniques, these pedagogical methodologies accessible to a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old. And you can really see that when we have a, a couple people that we've worked with who then decide that they really are, they're, they're going to go through the educational system and get a teacher certification. And part of their job in, in that uh, university system is to go do observations of teachers. And we constantly get people who call us on their first day of doing teacher observations and they're like oh it was great they use technique um louder they use technique three times they use technique obviously like they're naming off the techniques that these somehow magical teachers mm-hmm. are using but they're not magic like the the teachers themselves are not magic 
anybody can do this if they have some amount of uh, training mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and discussion about what the technique is, how you use it, and when you employ it. And so they call us back and they say, yeah, the teacher was doing this, 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 and this, this, and this. And they're like, they're identifying specific techniques that a master teacher is using. And of course, the master teacher probably has some other name for it, which might be a little bit more uh, technical or academic, but uh, who cares? I mean, as long as you're using the technique, who cares? Right. And I mean, even like just, I mean, I can, I can see the, the, the big TQ list and like some of the names like are familiar. Some of them sound like riffs off of other techniques, but that's our, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, are specific for that community or for that variation that has a need that the other one wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I mean, which, it, well, yeah. which is like part of like the, I don't know, the malleability of, of these and the adaptability as well. I mean, which is like, I mean, you know, talking to like how technique names or the techniques themselves change from community to, to community. I mean, like the classic one is, I mean lunatic fringe into a lunatic fringe or even just dropping the word lunatic from lunatic fringe because a community that I was working with felt it wasn't appropriate for, for that group and even just allowing a class or a group into that decision making process of the tools that we are using that even these tools that we've created aren't set in stone or aren't you know changeable or adaptable is an important part of like that agency within the group itself to then own these and make them work for them and continue adding to it. So let's take, if we can dive deep a little bit on the one of the techniques, Lunatic Fringe. Uh, that was a technique that got created because we were doing community language nights and we just needed a way to kind of chill out some, some of the, I think, teachers because, and maybe some of the parents because there were kids and the kids wanted the, the the parents wanted the kids to learn, and so it was like, sit in this seat, learn, and you know, a little kid four years old or something, five years old, and, and it's like that's not how little kids work. Um, little kids are like rolling around on the floor, and you know, they're like they're they're next to the lesson, they're absorbing everything, but they're not they're not the target of the lesson necessarily, and so we needed a way of kind of letting everybody know that that was perfectly fine, that there are going to be people sort of on the fringe just around the lesson that aren't necessarily part of the lesson, but we want to keep going so that they can, uh, can hear the airwaves full of their language. There's also moments, though, when, like, maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sky and I are speaking in uh, Chinook, and... Um, we are maybe speaking at a little bit of a higher level and then somebody might come close to us and we might drop our level down just because we want to include that person even though we haven't like we haven't turned to the new person and said we're going to talk talk more simply so that you can understand <laughs> you know we don't want to like mm -hmm. call them out like that so we might just signal to each other like hey let's drop our sophistication down a little bit so that we can pull this other person along with us and so we might signal like, hey, there's somebody on the fringe that we want to, to include. Mm -hmm. So there are kind of two uses for it. And those two uses didn't get, like we weren't thinking about the, the technique lunatic fringe 
like that way on the very we were thinking about how do we include people that aren't in the direct uh, target of our instruction no right absolutely I mean but like a lot of these technique names come from popular culture or from idioms or phrases and things that are reflective of the times that we live in and well I mean like even the change of uh, uh, from Charles with Charlie of uh, Mr. Rogers to Dora the Explorer is a part of that change because I mean up until uh, early 2000s Mr. Rogers wasn't on the air anymore and yeah. you have to think about a new television show that people would recognize, like a younger generation would recognize. Um, and you want it's funny that it's funny you mentioned that because like Dora the Explorer, the replacement for Mr. Rogers, is actually a much better show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is designed much more elegantly to hit that level of of audience. And now, like Dora and Friends, terrible. <laughs> Like that is not that is not geared towards a six year old like a five four or five six year old audience. That's geared more towards like a seven or eight year old audience. Yeah. But it's weird. I I not impressed. Don't love it. I haven't watched one episode of Dora and Friends and was I can't do it. Sad. I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, I think like, like Larry King needs to be changed. Once well, certainly. Uh, Charlie Rose. Yeah. Charlie Rose for I'll, sure needs to be changed. See, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I think like. Yeah, Charlie's already gone, but now yeah. it's a matter of, like, who is a good conversationalist interviewer person talking at that level of language, at that level of fluency that is widely recognizable? Because there's a lot of factors, too, especially right now when more people are watching YouTube or streaming services than actual television, like CBS, NBC, PBS. And so what yeah, are these avenues that appeal to a wide audience where that level of language is happening? Yeah, how do we how do we make I mean even the idea of Trials with Charlie, the the the, the little story to talk about the actual fluency levels. Um, how do you make a story about that to make that uh, uh, measurement so quickly accessible so we can have a conversation about what fluency is? And having some kind of popular cultural reference really makes it easy. But if nobody's heard of Larry King in the last 10, 15 years, um, if, I mean, even when we used Charlie Rose, people weren't staying up late nights watching public television. Mm -hmm. You know, so who who are those people of today? And that that actually has been kind of a difficult discussion for us because we don't know how to rename that technique yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, what is the story... Like like you were you were saying, Sky like travels with Terry Gross, like I mean, okay, that uh, doesn't quite. She's great, you know. She's great, yeah, absolutely. But there, but there's no like funny story. Like the whole travels with Charlie was funny because that's a Steinbeck book about John Steinbeck. But to be fair, that's it's, also it's a, an obscure reference. I mean, I had never heard uh, of the book until sure. Where True. Are Your Keys. True. Yeah, right. And so that, that that is the problem. Is like it's kind of an inside joke mm-hmm. that becomes a deeper inside joke the more you know about it. But also, is that uh, even even that could be a block to accessibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even something like Lunatic Fringe, where some people wanted to that didn't didn't like that 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 phrasing, and we were actually at at a workshop in Kodiak, Alaska. And some of the elders were like, well, I don't really know if we want to say that. I don't know if we want to call that a, a, a lunatic fringe. 
and you know, everybody was kind of uncomfortable, and we said, okay, well, we're, it, was, it was definitely a, a funny thing that happened. And so we said, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about, you know, how to phrase it or how to change the name of it. And kind of an amazing thing happened that night. Um, everybody went home. The next morning, we, we started the, the workshop out, and one of the elders said, we thought about this last night, and how about we call it the Alutic Fringe? And we were like, great, fantastic. Like, that's that's cool. Um, so that's what it got called. Um, so now we call it the Alutic Fringe. Yeah. And kind of also in honor of the people who named it. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we try to remember the people that name particular uh, techniques. There's Can you think of one? Abigail's Antidote, which yeah. is another name for Spare the Fairies. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I do believe in fairies. Oh, I do believe in fairies. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. I do believe in fairies. Because when somebody translated, it, it kind of like, oh, sort of ended on a low note. Mm -hmm. And then Abigail was like, well, why don't they do like they do in Peter Pan? And you clap your hands and you say, I do believe in fairies. I do believe in fairies. And we're like, oh, the solution. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, Abigail's antidote. To translation. Yeah. Yep. Um, today, even, we came up with a, a very funny technique that happened. Um, we were we're doing a hunting workshop a language hunting and kind of a language hunting training workshop and one of the th one of the issues that we're having is when you're training someone how to hunt how do you know as the trainer when to jump in on the hunt and to tell the hunter like oh you should do this or you should do that okay. and that's a really hard thing to know exactly when to do so we're trying to come up with a couple of techniques to notice when they need an intervention, when when the when the trainer needs to kind of jump in and re-steer the ship, and so somebody, what happened? Like you said, I said it you need a. We were talking about the like, how can you? What's a good way to interrupt someone's hunt? Um, and they were like, yeah, the interruption for the hunt. And I said, oh yeah, the intervention. Um, and Nick, who was sitting next to me, said, said, did you just say huntervention? <laughs> And we're like, yes, new technique. <laughs> yes, we did. How do you know when to intervene? So we have a huntervention, mm -hmm. and you huntervene. You huntervene when you <laughs> want to check in with the hunter and see if they're being sorry, Charlie, or not, or if they know where they're going. So yeah. Uh -huh. mm -mm. Uh, even like, yeah, sorry, Charlie. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's made off the riff of, uh, you know, I'm on Charlie Rose and, and Charlie says something that's too difficult and, and sorry, Charlie. I mean, and that, that actually comes from an old, like, what is that, a tuna commercial? I think so, yeah. Uh, that, you know, that everybody would say that a long time ago. Nobody says that now. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody, that's not, a, that's not a funny thing that people say. Yeah. But when you, when you, like, when somebody sorry Charlie's you kind of people who know what we're talking about now know mm -hmm. what that means. And I don't know what to do about that with the whole, the travels with Terry Gross. Yeah. Like sorry, what you, Terry. Yeah. Sorry, Terry. Mm -hmm. That's like, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Like we have to kind of figure out a whole nother metaphor, a whole nother story that's going to go along with this. Um, because I, I think that's the, that's the key to keeping it light and fun and funny and, Kind of, kind of keep the joke going, so that when you throw a technique, when you request a change, that people know that you're doing it with a good intention and that you have a light heart about it, mm -hmm. and that you're not like mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You know, that's mm -hmm. nobody wants to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to be in a room where everybody's telling me that they're doing it wrong. 
Is there anyone else that's on the radio or the TV? Its name is Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can be like, Maybe. not Charlie Rose. That's not who we mean. We're Charlie, not Charlie Johnson. Sheen either. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that this morning. I was listening to the West Wing podcast and I was like, travels with Charlie from the West Wing? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, even though there are 380 some odd techniques that, that, that we have kind of coined, um, there is only about 100 of them on the website. And that's because it takes a really long time to uh, write out the, the, the technique explanation and how to use it and when to use it. And, and then we also have um, anyone who's visited the techniques glossary on the website um, can see that for techniques... Um, a lot of techniques that have hand signs, we've done our best to try to put um, that we do little gifts of all the hand signs. And it's been a while since we've had kind of a production session on that. So um, mostly because we're, we're out and about. Busy. Busy. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, I've, I've got another suggestion for an alternate. Yes. Uh, uh, for a technique that's fallen behind the times. Yeah. Instead of Craigslist, we have hashtag oh we actually have we've been using just list mm -hmm. really yeah 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 we've been using that a lot and um. we started doing that a couple summers ago because in atka nobody uses craigslist if you want to sell something you just go post right. it on a piece of paper on the school window and everyone's like oh yeah i want i want that tv yeah. i mean it's like yeah like i mean vocab i mean even like when david and i were in china it was just vocabulary list um, yeah. I mean, which it's like one of those things where it seems like more obvious or it's just like, well, this is obviously a vocabulary list or just a list. Mm -hmm. And, and which like is, an it's, endings list, a suffix list, a infix list. Yeah. 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 Which is handy. I mean, I guess it's also going into the realm of limits or rein it in. Is that a technique? Yeah. Well, because I mean, can, uh, the, the the names for these can get like ridiculously sort of rift one off the other off the other mm -hmm. until the reference becomes so obscure that nobody has any like I actually we've got a couple of these on the 380 some odd technique list list. I don't know what they are. <laughs> like, oh, no. like, the name is like so funny and so obscure. I don't know what the actual technique was. Mm -hmm. So so you admitting that is technique man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention no, to that man behind the curtain. No idea what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, like list that just that was just an easier it's an easier hand sign. It makes more sense. Um and, and we actually discussed that a long time ago, like really kind of at the inception of where your keys, like whether or not to use Craigslist or List. Mm -hmm. And we went with Craigslist for I I guess these last several years, just because it was a little bit funnier. But mm -hmm. now, like, who uses Craigslist? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easy to talk about Craigslist as far as, like, categorizing ideas. Mm -hmm. So that makes it really easy to talk about. But it would be just as easy to just say list. Imagine a list is like Craigslist. So, right, but, I mean, I, mean that's, that's, I guess that's also like a thing to hold on to, I mean, where it's like Craigslist. It's, oh, what? It's kind of, okay, Craigslist this is a Craigslist. Okay, I'm making a C and an L with my hand. But then that <laughs> becomes its own mnemonic for that process where it becomes part of the spectacle that you're holding on to when you think back on who was doing it. I mean, you can make an L, you know, 
but doing the CL, it's like you have trouble with it at first, but then once you do it, it's like Craigslist. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like one of those little, um, I don't know what's the word, but just like little handholds to kind of help you crawl or claw or <laughs> <laughs> um, move, climb towards fluency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for me, if, if something is obscure, but it's a good memory tool. Like I'm going to remember that cause it's funny or weird or like, mm-hmm. who's Craig? I don't know, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like then, then it's okay. Um, yeah. There's definitely some that, uh, definitely Charles with Charlie needs a, a full update, but something like yeah. something that's just a funny kind of obscure thing. If it helps you remember it. Um, not everyone knows the, the meaning behind it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all these techniques are like a work in progress and they're changing and adapting and we're working through a renaming of Travels with Charlie. A re-metaphoring. A re-metaphoring. Restoring. A re-metaphoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not restoring, restoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is an exciting thing to happen, I think. I mean, you know, it's part of the adaptability of this whole thing, which is great. Well, we've definitely had some really interesting conversations with people about this mm-hmm. uh, who, who are using warrior keys and they're, and they're sort of like coming to us and be like, yeah, we can't do that. That's yeah. we, mm-hmm. What do we do? And so we've had some really interesting conversations with people about what that next metaphor mm-hmm. is. And I think that's really great for, for everyone to think about because now we're really thinking about what is that story mm-hmm. and how do we tell it? And I'll also say that the, the TV show metaphors are really funny we're right here right now we're in canada here in vancouver still as we're recording this and um there's like a whole different realm of tv shows up here and so for a while even before the charlie rose um scandal news broke we weren't using charlie rose up here because there's nobody knew who he was nobody knew who he was and there's apparently a canadian version of charlie rose Peter Mansbridge, Mansbridge, who I I don't know who he is, but all of the Canadians that we work with are like, oh yes, yes, you should use this person. Everybody knows. So and we're like, yeah, the Americans have no idea who Peter Mansbridge is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Susanna, what are um, the ways that people can contact us? So um, obviously, you can check out our blog at wearyourkeys.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at playwake. P-L-A-Y-W-A-Y-K. Um, if you want to ask us something about uh, about where your keys that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, you can either um, tweet at us and use the hashtag wakecastquestion, or you could email podcast at wearyourkeys.org, and um, we'll add the questions to our list of questions to talk about in a future wakecast. And please Great. be patient. We are really busy, so we'll hopefully get to your question. Um, if we don't, please don't take it personally. Yes. But it, we, we'll try to weave it in. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, you guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guy. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Excellent ending. Excellent ending. <laughs> so close. <laughs>